Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Women's Strength Collective, the podcast. I'm your host, Shay Zaru, and each week you'll be joining me to chat about a topic related to women's lifting, health and life. You are joining us for part two of this episode series. If you haven't heard part one, I would definitely recommend starting there. I had a good conversation with Renee Ludlow of Dauntless Performance based out in Brisbane and we covered all things pregnancy, training through pregnancy and some common misconceptions that we found along the way as well. But today joining me for part two, I have three incredible women who I had the pleasure to chat to and get their real life experience of being involved in some form of training. So we have strength sports and then we also have bodybuilding and what their experience was and has been in terms of pregnancy and also in postpartum as well. I had some really awesome conversations with these ladies and I think that they provide some really great insight into how it kind of played out in the real world as well for them and also what they learned along the way. You'll find that through these conversations, a lot of their advice is so incredibly similar, which I thought was awesome to reflect on after I edited this podcast. So I hope you guys really enjoy these conversations that I have and if you're looking to find anyone in particular you can just head to the show notes as I've linked all their Instagram handles but without further ado I'd like to introduce our first guest and my first conversation of three in this episode it's with an incredible human called Kiara Corrigan so Kiara owns a business called Unbreakable Training and she's based in New Zealand she had her bub in January and I've always looked at Kiara and thought how the heck does she do it in all and now even more so but I really enjoyed this conversation with her and I think she has some really great advice outside of pregnancy as well. So I hope you guys enjoy our first conversation. Welcome, Kiara, to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So this is a special episode because I'm chatting to a lot of mums after doing a pre and postnatal episode with Renee Ludlow. And I just wanted to chat to a few different people and get their experience around pregnancy and then also training around pregnancy as well. So if you just want to give yourself a bit of an introduction and also maybe how old your bub is. Cool. Um, So I am a gym owner and coach. Um, I've been working in the industry for about seven years now um, and for the past five it's been all about performance training um, and that's what our gym does we work with um, mostly pretty newbies um, coming through and wanting to get into some sort of performance training Um, and I had my son on the first of January this year so he's about four and a half months old now Um, and it was a pretty wild ride being the sole operator of a performance gym um, and being nine months pregnant trying to run around make all of those things happen Um, but it has also been a lot of fun yeah that's a huge huge task and you so you are still you're working now aren't you I have not stopped (laughs) Um, I there was this big plan of of taking well, there was never a plan of taking a certain amount of leave. And I, the whole way through my pregnancy, people kept saying to me, you know, how long are you going to take off and what's your plan and all of that sort of thing. Um, but it didn't know. I worked up until the day that I gave birth, more or less. Um, I was back in the gym four days after. Um, there were definitely some things that I had to change. I reduced the amount of personal training I was doing. Um, and mostly for the bigger dudes where you've got to lug fair amounts of 
plates on and, on and off the bars. It did get to the point where I, it was mostly, it wasn't that I couldn't do it, I was just really slow. So I was like, you're not getting the same amount out of this session anymore. Let, let's, you know, get, get one of our other coaches to take over. Um, but we, it was, you know, I'm sure you can agree, you know, around January, you're gearing to get back into things at the start of the year. So I just couldn't take any time off. We actually, on the 13th of January, I think it was, we completely redid the layout of the gym. So I was wow. there with this little baby in a sleigh, um, directing builders around and directing um, our members who were helping us out to completely move um, everything in our gym. And then a week later, we held an open day. So I had a little little baby with me at the open day so he's had a pretty um full-on life as it was already but yeah i think i guess the human body is pretty amazing it's capable of lots of things if you if you ask it it of it and when we talk about like your training beforehand what were you doing beforehand and how did that change during the pregnancy as well so um, at the start of last year, I was doing quite a lot of strongman training um, and I was also prepping for like an adventure obstacle race that we do once a year. So that was in April. So I was actually, I think, like two or three weeks pregnant when I did that unknowingly. Um, and then I continued with strongman training because I had already committed to the log lift and deadlift champs. Um, it was, was July or something like that. So I was like, right, I, if it feels good, I'm going to train up to this event. Um, there's a chance that, you know, I'm not going to be able to belt up and go quite as heavy. Um, but if it feels right, then I'm going to keep, keep training as heavy as I can for the event. So, um, I was 16 weeks pregnant when I, um, competed at that event. Um, and still managed to come away with the national log lift record. So that was the thing that I Amazing. wanted to share. The thing that was hilarious, though, is that I had to make a weight class for that. I had to make under 64s or under 63s, but I didn't want to, um, you know, like I didn't want to cut down on my food. So on the day, I was like 300 grams over or something like that. So I spent the entire morning like spitting into the sink to try, to try and make weight. And I just went around telling everyone like, hey, I would have made weight fine, but I'm pregnant. Like you should deduct, you should deduct some of that off because I have a human inside of me that's not fair. But nobody wanted to, nobody wanted to take that on. Um, but once I hit, once I hit that competition, I knew that my training would need to change. Um, and then I just found it dead boring. Like I don't like training if I'm not doing fun things. Um, and if I'm not working towards a competition or if I'm not honing a skill. So I carried on. I had also committed to doing the Olympic weightlifting South Islands, which were I think a month after that competition. So I was still building to do that. So I was still doing Olympic weightlifting. Um, and I was lucky that I, I didn't pop out too quickly. So I was able to keep the bar pretty close and, and that sort of thing. But I just started feeling really tired and really rubbish right around that time. Um, so I ended up pulling out of that competition. Um, and that's also when I made it publicly known that I was having a baby um, and kind of like regressed all of my training from there. I think I, I, I still did tidbits of training all, all the way up until 
probably about like 32 weeks, but I just found it like desperately boring. Like I knew, I knew in my head that there was benefits to still moving, that there was, you know, I wanted to try and preserve as much muscle as possible. And I started doing box squats and, and, you know, um, changing up some of my training, but I just found it so boring. And I knew, I knew that my body was capable of giving birth no matter what. You know, I, I think it's really interesting that, you know, we've nearly, we've, we've almost done like a full 180. So at one point, everyone was like, you should do nothing when you're pregnant um, and you should really look after your body and it's dangerous. And now we almost like expect pregnant women to train all the way through and to not use it as an excuse or that you should be like a certain amount of strength. You should have a certain amount of strength or fitness to be able to give birth, but that's not the case. I mean, you know, women never trained to give birth previously and they've been giving birth for thousands and thousands of years um, without having to do any training. So I, I was really confident in my body's ability to do that. Um, I was pretty comfy with going, do you know what? If you stop training now, you're gonna lose some muscle. You're definitely gonna lose some strength, but I would rather do that instead of kind of pushing myself through training that I was finding boring. What are some other misconceptions you found along the way? Um, there was definitely, I mean, some of the advice that pregnant women are given is just so stupid. <laughs> to put it lightly, um, once you understand why they're given certain advice, then you can see that they have to give sort of like this really generic blanket advice to lots of people um, because perhaps they don't, I mean, I understand when you're trying to educate, the easiest thing is to keep it simple, um, especially mass education, to keep it really simple and to go for like sort of like worst case scenarios, often how we how we treat pregnancy. You know, if there's a 0.3% chance that something will happen, then they tell, no, they tell everyone that nobody should do it. Um, so I found that was that was really interesting. Things like I remember being told you should never lie on your back after a certain point in your pregnancy and things like this. And uh, a lot of it is just those really worst case scenario type things. Like if, if you're lying on your back, it puts more pressure on an artery that's on, you know, around your hip and it can cut off the blood flow. But if you're doing something where you're lying there for um, you know, 30 seconds or something, and then you're getting back up again, and provided that it feels comfortable for you, then there's, you know, the, the risk the risk factor there is so low compared to cutting out every single exercise that involves you lying on your back. So there's things like that, those kind of like blanket rules that end up making it very confusing for somebody who's pregnant to continue with their training because I completely rate women who want to train all the way through. I rate the fact that, you know, at, at for mental health, mental health, it's really massive for a social thing, for, you know, hanging on to some sort of routine. I completely rate that. Um, so there should be some good guidelines in place, but the, but the general guidelines, depending on who you speak to, are so, so blanket, you know, they're so applicable, one size fits all. Um, and they're also, you know, can be quite conflicting and quite confusing because you get told one thing or then you then you have some people, and this is where the internet sometimes, um, you know, ends up being quite dangerous or social media in particular because then you start watching, you know, some of your CrossFitters or people who are strength trained for a long time um, and they're doing the complete other end of the thing. 
other end of the spectrum where they're still lifting really heavy or perhaps potentially they are doing things that are dangerous and I think that I think that it's just so confusing that there's like just so much information out there and none of it's quite right and none of it actually works to kind of educate and empower the the pregnant woman um it's all just you should do this you shouldn't do this and you're and you're not actually told the why and how behind things of what's actually happening so yeah I found that to be quite quite an eye-opener I suppose as I worked through and understood because I understood that the benefit I suppose is that I have enough understanding of the body that I was able to go okay why are you giving me this why are you giving me this advice and then okay I'll, I'll apply it as it as it kind of fits and works in what I know about the body yeah it's super conflicting though because even when we take your example of lying on your back for example so in a common situation in powerlifting obviously you're doing bench and you are laying on your back so that is technically discouraged but then something like yoga is encouraged you know what I mean whereas in a lot of different yoga poses you are laying on your back so there's so much conflicting advice out there yeah I can imagine it's it's a bit of a minefield (laughs) yeah and especially especially for for people who um who don't have as much knowledge then you, you know, you're just taking, you're just taking anything you get as fact. And yeah, I've had, I've had trained quite a few pregnant women who, yeah, after 20 weeks went, I can't do bench anymore. And I just took it, I just took it for fact at that time. I didn't have enough knowledge. This is a few years ago. Um, And once where I was actually working through it and I went, well, hang on, what's the reason behind this? You go, okay, well, this is how we can actually, um, actually adjust things or, um, make it work for you. Yeah, it's obviously incredibly hard to figure out what is fact here, what is just not even not necessarily made up, but really based upon that. Yeah, like that 02 percent, and people just maybe yeah. covering their ass a little bit. Totally, totally. What is something that you wish you knew earlier? I wish I knew I was going to lose quite so much muscle. <laughs> that's been depressing um I definitely um banked on and and to be honest um a lot of it is actually postpartum so within that first sort of like four to eight weeks when you're running on absolutely no sleep you're eating really poorly your body is giving kind of like everything that it possibly can to your baby that's when I went through um the majority of the muscle and also you're sitting so much so up until you know right until I gave birth I was still in the gym moving things around um I was super active then um and then yeah within that first sort of four to four to eight weeks I was stuck on a couch with a small human so um I suppose I I wish that I had understood that period of it better and potentially had um, a slightly better plan in place for postpartum because you know I'd, I'd had this very chill pregnancy and I felt great and I could like run upstairs you know at nine months pregnant and I was freaking everyone out because I was still you know climbing on top of things to do to, to get boxes up into different places and you know lugging around plates and people were going please stop can I pick that for you and I said I feel great you know so I kind of felt um you know, I'd had this great pregnancy and I kind of expected that my postpartum would be um, kind of breezy for that reason. Um, but it, yeah, it's amazing how quickly everything just goes out the window. And particularly if you don't kind of have a plan in place, 
um, and how weak and rubbish and um, incapable my body kind of felt all of a sudden. And I wish that I had kind of, yeah, just had a bit of a better plan in place for that, for that um, initial kind of like eight to 12 weeks for sure. Yeah, I think it's hard too in your case, for example, if you gave birth January, you're moving stuff around the gym and then obviously now everything that's going on with coronavirus as well, that probably hasn't left a lot of room for you to get back into training as well because as a business owner, it's been so exhausting having to constantly keep changing things and making your business structure um, work. So yeah, I can imagine that training probably hasn't been the top of the priority list for you either. <laughs> Not at all, no. And I think any gym owner, I've, I've heard it so many times, but as soon as you open a gym, you you know, your training does often um, go out the window and adding a small human into that, you know, definitely, definitely um, adds another scanner in the mix. And it's, it's really disappointing um, I've had injuries, I've been injury riddled my whole life. So I've had, and I've been busy, I'm a busy person. So I've had three months off of training before, you know, multiple times and coming back from that was not, I mean, it wasn't fun, but compared to coming back from being pregnant, I mean, it was a walk in the park. Like when you all of a sudden, um, you just lose like all of your structural integrity, basically, you know, you, you feel like you can't brace at all. I, rem- I remember maybe two or three weeks back, I had to try and demonstrate a burpee and even just the process of like jumping my legs back into a plank position. Like I just was like, wow, I've just had n- no strength in my core. There's nothing there. So it's, it's quite a shock to the system, especially when you've known how capable your body was prior and how easy not easy, but, you know, when you've been training for a long time, it, it, you can have some time off and you can come back and, and you don't lose a huge amount. Whereas, yeah, that kind of, I mean, there's massive changes, obviously, that happen in our bodies from having a baby and, and you just, comp- I completely underestimated um, what it would feel like getting back into it. So that four and a half months post now, and I do feel like my core strength is is almost back to pre pre-pregnancy um but there was definitely this this thought in my mind that I thought you know at six weeks I was going to be in the gym and you know building back up to squatting the same amount um or getting back to into ollie lifting or strongman um and you yeah it's a definitely an eye-opener and it can be a bit of a drag being like no you're gonna have to spend like six weeks just building up the basics and then you can do some fun stuff which, yeah, as, as I can imagine, as anybody who has been, you know, relatively strong before um, is just, yeah, just a bit disheartening and a bit of a drag. Yeah. Did you have to make some mental adjustments for that? Because I imagine that would have been hard. I mean, I'm sure it's hard for a lot of women who do come from a background of strength, such as yourself, to then have to go to shit. Like I do have to now focus on, you know, X, Y, and Z before I get back into, you know, squatting the bar. Did you have to take like some time to like mentally process that as well? To, to some degree. I, I was, as soon as I got back to moving and started working again, I was kind of like hit with it very quickly that, okay, your body is in a very different position. Like I even said to people, I said, man, I felt more comfortable with the baby inside me. You know, I felt 
stronger and more capable at nine months pregnant than I did for the first six weeks afterwards. Like I couldn't believe how weak my body felt after compared to in that nine month phase. So it was, that was frustrating. And I did have a few wee, you know, breakdowns and cries of, of just going from, yeah, feeling so capable. Um, but you're going through like a whirlwind of hormones and emotions as it is. So I kind of think it kind of all got banded, banded together. And then I came out the other side and went, this is where you are now. And you can either, you know, get grumpy about that and keep looking through old videos of how awesome you used to be, or you can kind of, you know, get those, get the, start the process of building back up because there's only one way to get back into it. So you either become this evil, bitter, oh, I used to be cool person or you, <laughs> or you start, you know, committing to it. And that's the problem with social media as well, is you can so easily go back and go, and look at, look at how lean I was, look at how strong I was, look at how much muscle I had and I moved so well. And you can get stuck in that mind loop like very easily of, you know, of just getting stuck on who you used to be. Um, but no, I very, yeah, after about six weeks, I just went, do you know what, this is where we're at. And every time you train, you've got to do something that's going to build you um, up to doing those things. Don't try and throw yourself in because getting injured now is only going to keep, you know, hold you back even more. Um, and so I was able to kind of refocus at that point. Yeah, social media is a real hard one because obviously you can go down such a rabbit hole, not only with yourself, but also with others who have gone through pregnancy and you never really oh, get so much because yeah. you might see one person, you know, a couple of weeks after giving birth and they're back into training, they might even be back into, say, squatting. I've seen some women back into into squatting and then you might not understand that they maybe their pregnancy for that whole nine months was horrid their training was horrid but their post-pregnancy might be good so it's like you never really get the full story on social media no I, and I think that's such a good point like and this is another thing of kind of um the way that we idolize like pregnant women who train all the way through or we idolize pregnant women who like bounce back or like get back into things really quickly is that it does you know, it doesn't tell the whole story and it can be so disheartening as a new mum looking at somebody else going, man, they, you know, they're already fitting back into post uh, pre postpartum clothing or they're already back to doing full training and you just don't understand the whole picture. And I think that's something that's really important is just just taking a time to evaluate what your entire life looks like because really that's the most important thing. You know, I was able to go, do you know what? I am really busy with my business. I'm a solo parent, so I'm giving all of me to this small human. And, I, and I'm not going to beat myself up about the fact that I'm not training as well. And you just don't understand, you just don't understand what other people's lives look like that allow them to do those things. You know, if you are somebody who's pushing themselves at, at their limit already and then you're also going but why am I not doing this thing you know you're not serving anybody so I think being able to evaluate the position you're in and, and very honestly going can I what and sometimes it does allow you to go actually I do have the time to train all right let's make it happen you know but you've got to take a step back and kind of evaluate your position and then focus on what it is that you can do 
but yeah, it's very easy to get stuck in stuck in what everyone else is doing when it's easily accessible from our phones. Yeah. yeah. I like the way you've put it as well in terms of assessing your life because obviously when we see, I think celebrities are one of the worst people to follow (laughs) with this because (laughs) they might have, they have a trainer there with them every day. They might have their own chef. They have, they might have a nanny kind of thing. So the time that allows them to do things like that is so much more than say someone else who, you know, someone like such as yourself. Yeah, and we you, you just, in, in anything, I think it's important in anything to be able to go, is my life the same as this person's life? And if it's not, and, and, and this obviously this comes down to also our specific body types too. Like there are some people who have brilliant genetics. Like it's really unfair. It's really unfair, but that is just the way that the world works. So they're going to, you know, lose body fat really quickly, or they're going to always be really small. And if we're chasing after something that we're not ever going to attain, you're just, you're, you know, destroying your own self-worth. You're wasting time. You know, you've got to be able to, you know, objectively look at these things. Um, and be able to decipher, you know, am I actually comparing myself to somebody that I have, you know, a similar playing field as? And if not, then don't don't do that. Yeah. So what are some things that you've found helpful post-pregnancy to focus on? Um, I'm I'm like the queen of lists um, in Google Calendar and, you know, like, and looking at my entire day or my entire week and, um, and I'm really massive on prioritizing things. I don't, you can't do everything. And if you try and do everything, you'll do everything badly. So I'm really big on going, these are the things that are really important to me. Um, and if I can get a bit of this stuff in as well, then that's great. But, but as long as I'm nailing this stuff, then I'm happy. And I suppose that sort of, um, it is a matter of finding your happiness state or your success state or whatever. What is it for you that makes that, that you go, cool, that's my success um, point. Um, and for me, it's spending time with, what well, it's my business, let's be honest. My gym comes first. <laughs> it's making sure that my business is 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 running well. Um, it's making sure that I can spend time with my family because family is a massive one for me, and spend time and be present with my son. So if I'm nailing those things, then I'm happy. If I'm able to add in some extras, um, then that's great. So for me at the moment, training is just not a priority, and I'm able to to happily put that aside. And then I'm expecting, you know, as as we get out of this um, hellhole that is. COVID-19 and we get some normality again, then I'll reassess and go, okay, now my priorities look like this. But I think being able to accept this is this is what I want my life to look like or this is what my life can realistically look like and I'm happy with that. Um, I think that that's definitely a big one that's that's important. And that, you know, and that, that way you're able to kind of, every time you start kind of like longing for the post, you know, pre-partum life that you had or whatever, you can kind of bring it back to those things. Um, that are important and I'll just add in my appearance or my appearance and that I like to make sure that I've got my hair done and that I've got my you know I've got my eyebrows on and things like that so it's knowing those things that are important to you and then and then prioritizing those things and then you're able to let some of that other stuff slide yeah that's awesome I love that 
Thank you so much for sharing your experience with us and also giving some really solid advice. I've loved hearing your take. This was one of, when I've been speaking to women, they've requested this episode. (laughs) And it's definitely something I'm interested in too because we have pretty a similar situation in terms of like the business and being a sole owner of the business. And I was always wondering, I'm like, man, how how does this look for her? I'm always so (laughs) intrigued. Now you know. <laughs> you just got to prioritize a few things and everything else goes goes over there. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Thank you so much, Kiara, for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. And there is our first conversation with Kiara Corrigan. Moving on to the next one, I am speaking to the lovely Holly Edgerton, who is based out in Brisbane. I actually saw Holly at the competition that she references in the first couple of minutes. So it's been really interesting to see how her journey has changed over the last couple of years and also how her training has changed too. But listen on to hear all about it. So if you just want to introduce yourself and then maybe tell everyone how old Boyd is as well. So my name is Holly Edgerton. I've been doing powerlifting for about four years now um, and I have recently become a mum, um, well sort of recently, who's now 18, well nearly 18 months old and that feels so crazy to say and yeah I've got a beautiful 18 month old boy. And you found out right, I think I got this story right, you found out you were pregnant a day of the competition right? Yes, I had doing had been doing pregnancy tests right up until comp, and I was like, "Okay, I'm not pregnant. I'm not pregnant. I'm not pregnant." Okay, and I brought one along because it was down in Sydney. So we flew from Brisbane to Sydney, and I was like, "Okay, I'll bring one. That way, I can just have a clear conscience that if I want to take pre workout, do all that sort of thing, I'm not going to be doing anything." I don't. I just had this inkling that I was pregnant, and just nothing came up, and so I did one like literally an hour before weigh-in and I hopped in the I did the test shower and like didn't think anything of it and then I hopped out of the shower looked at it and I was like oh oh my god I was like well well he's like what I was like I'm pregnant and like both of us what the hell so excited and happy and I was just like oh my god I've got to compete right now like (laughs) I was like oh my god so a lot of different emotions that yes. were going around. That is so funny that you found out literally, and then you obviously went on to have a great comp. I remember you getting some PBs. <laughs> we were like, God, this like, and I was worried because I actually cut weight for this comp. And so like my period was due a couple of days before comp. So I thought I was going to weigh in heavy, um, which was I always wore to retain like crazy. And so I was a little bit worried about that. And my weight, didn't go up and I was like what's happening so I was a bit scared that my weight was all of a sudden going to shoot up ended up not being a problem at all because I was pregnant (laughs) so yeah it's crazy how things work out (laughs) so crazy and so after you found out that you were pregnant did you how did your training change after that well the first it kind of changed trimester by trimester first trimester I barely did anything um I was so fatigued I was so so sick and it was sort of just like I trained when I could I did what I could um by that stage I just didn't have a coach because I was like I can't commit to anything and I just thought it was a waste of everyone's time um and then by second trimester things started to pick up and 
I sort of went back to sort of old training and I felt like I could. The only thing I really didn't do was like certain ab exercises and I got cleared by my doctor to do just about everything. I had a great doctor at the start who did like looked into it a lot for me at first she said no you probably won't be able to do a lot of the stuff you're doing now and then I came back to her a week later she's like I'm so sorry I looked into things you you can do it it's safe just work within your comfort physically and mentally so yeah by second trimester nothing had really changed with my training I probably just didn't go as intense I didn't wear a belt I didn't do things like that and by third trimester, so I trained up until like my, oh, probably around 33 weeks. And then I not do the powerlifting or like strength training in general. It's just because um, I was constantly in hospital. I ended up with um, preeclampsia, so high blood pressure. So they just said, maybe just cut back on what you're doing. So I ended up having to cut, like drop work completely and basically... I was a hermit for the last, yeah, four weeks. <laughs> so, I'm yeah, so but- glad, though, that you had a positive experience with your doctor because often that's, you don't actually hear about that at all. It's usually like, the information is a little bit outdated and they're obviously telling you, you know, don't do strength training, don't do all these things. And I'm so glad you had a positive experience. But honestly, she left like halfway through my pregnancy. So she was my GP at the time. So we did a bit of share care. So, and then she ended up having to move to Sydney and I was so upset. I was like, oh my God, you're leaving me. But I still, she still gave me a lot of information and she just, I guess she kind of knew that I knew what I was doing as well. So she just said, keep doing what you're doing. Like it's, it's working. It's, it's not affecting the baby at all, not affecting you. So I guess I just carried that through my pregnancy knowing that, yeah. I, I was in safe hands, even though she wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. Do I mean, I know you did powerlifting long before you were pregnant as well. Did you have to kind of mentally make the switch as well from trying to change your training from performance-based? Because that has been a very tough thing. I, I felt like I didn't have, the, because I didn't have the same goals, I didn't have a comp to sort of train for. It was more just, yeah, again like training to move my body and health it it was just a bit different it was hard for me to stay motivated on days where I just sort of wasn't really interested in training and it wasn't that you know the pregnancy was sort of making me not interested but it was just in general it was hard to find that drive again to sort of push myself to get there and yeah that that was definitely difficult just not having yeah that set goal in mind and being able to work towards that specifically yeah and how did you feel postpartum did you how long before you got back into training is there anything you kind of addressed straight after that you made sure to like tick off before you got back into it after I did pelvic floor work a lot throughout my pregnancy I really tried to make that a key thing that I worked on um and then post birth so you normally have a physio that comes around and speaks to you and so I got I spoke to her and when she found out sort of how long I was pushing for I pushed for two hours and I had an instrumental birth she asked me what sport I was doing before and she looked at me and she said you know you won't be back doing what you were doing for a very long time safely so she gave me key things to work on just again more pelvic floor and honestly she just said get used to walking for quite a while mm. um I- I see those six weeks postpartum, I went to see another physio again and 
you know, she said you had a back wall prolapse, you, which isn't too bad. It sort of corrects itself if you're doing pelvic floor work. Um, but that really was like, I'm really not going back to training anytime soon. And I just did bits and pieces from there onwards. Just, again, just more pelvic floor work, some um, basic ab work, things like that. But I didn't really go back to proper training till, oh, I, I'd say actually probably around eight weeks. Yeah, eight weeks, so two weeks. I, I had clearance to go back to do some, you know, just body weight work. And that's when I got um, Nick Dawn from Strength Sports Gym to start coaching me again. And he was great with sort of areas that I needed to work on in general, with just like body weight stuff, really. And also incorporating some like pelvic floor work and again, like abdominal work and things like that. So it, it was... It, it was a hard adjustment, honestly, because there was a lot sort of that I had to think about before being able to really focus on exercise. Yeah. yeah. It was honestly good. He really like educated himself and it was just, it was nice to have that support as well from a coach and it wasn't just like throwing exercises at me and saying, oh, just see how you go, that sort of thing. It was like everything that he sort of did was targeted around my it, like I guess introducing me back into things again and working within my sort of comfort and yeah I, I was very lucky that I didn't have much ab separation so it was sort of like I could get back into ab abdominal work very very quickly I had a centimeter at post-birth which is basically nothing in the scheme of things and it was healed by my six-week checkup so I was very lucky as much as there was a lot of pelvic floor work that needed to be done structurally I guess in my abdominals it was all there still so I was very very lucky in that respect. Did you feel when you got back into it did you feel weaker in your core and was it, it kind of did it take a little while to get used to? Yeah I definitely felt weaker and it was almost like this fear of using mm. it as well um, I guess in the later sort of stages of pregnancy you don't use your core really at all you roll to a side and you push yourself up that sort of thing so I was very much in that sort of mind space still um, so it took a while for me to actually really feel confident and comfortable engaging my core again and I guess also that fear of oh if I you know sort of engage my core am I going to prolapse or you know things also a bit of a rational fear that it was like all connected like with it all being connected so yeah it, it, it was a hard adjustment actually yeah Kiara was saying who I spoke to she's from New Zealand but she was like man the first time I tried to do a burpee like like your mind just is in a different zone and you you have to sort of switch back into something else it's it's a hard adjustment yeah and is there anything that you kind of wish you would have known about either like training through pregnancy or training postpartum beforehand that you had to figure out along the way? Training postpartum, again, I was very lucky through my pregnancy. I didn't really have to change too much, but postpartum, I guess, preparing to just not rush back into things, use that time to really just like rest your body. It has like, it went through so much, whether you had like a cesarean or um, a vaginal birth, like you've been through so much. And I guess just taking that time to just rest again and be like, there is no rush, you know, just sort of take your time. And I guess knowing that there is a waiting period of just, yeah, 
not getting back into things straight away, not putting that pressure on yourself as well to sort of bounce back and be doing the things that you were doing before. And yeah, and know that if you want to have sort of a long, I wouldn't say career, but if you want to be in this sport for a while, you need to be take time to sort of, yeah, just relax and working on areas that you can. Yeah. I wanted to talk around the term as well, like bouncing back. Is it something that you kind of struggled with throughout the pregnancy? I mean, social media is obviously an absolute devil in this, in the sense of, you know, you can see celeb, like everything's accessible. You see celebrities and they're, everyone's like, oh, that celebrity bounced back. You know what I mean? It's kind of like this ideal, I guess, period after pregnancy. How did you kind of deal with that? I, looking back, I thought I dealt with it fine. Um, and at the time I sort of, yeah, definitely thought I was dealing with it fine. But yeah, looking back now, actually, I probably didn't deal with it as well. I was already, you know, starting to take photos of my stomach straight away, seeing if it was, you know, shrinking and things like that. And I thought it was a positive sort of step I was making. But at the same time, there, whether you like it or not like there is that yeah sort of pressure that you do have to sort of get back down especially stomach wise to where you were before pregnancy and all that so that that's where I sort of felt I don't know and again it could have just been the pressure I was putting on myself or it could have just been social media as well but I just it definitely is there that pressure to sort of yeah again bounce back to where you were before and it's so hard not to compare like I was lucky on social media. I, I saw so many girls and we were ended, up, were ended up talking. We were all at like the same gestation and all that sort of thing. So we went through our pregnancies together and we all had babies around the same time. And it's it was so hard not to sort of compare and even like, oh, I, went, I lost, you know, 10 kilos straight after having my baby and all this sort of thing. And you only lost eight. And it's sort of like things like that you like it does sort of eat at you. You're like, what did I do wrong? Am I doing something wrong right now? And yeah, but then again, it's at, at the time I sort of took a step back and I was like, Hey, no, 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 don't, don't let yourself go there. It's so crazy that obviously like diet culture is so strong that even when someone has done one of the most amazing things ever, they kind of straight away, they're like, Oh, I just got like, you know, I got to lose this weight. Or it's like you, your body has done such an amazing thing over the past nine months or eight months, whatever it was. I think next pregnancy, I'll definitely have a better, a, a more positive approach to it, especially postpartum. It's just, it's such a challenging time postpartum. It's, it's beautiful at the same time, but it is so challenging. What do you th- think was the most kind of challenging part of it all? I get a lot of it is this new identity. Um, before you have so much time, you really only had yourself, even though you were pregnant as well you really only had yourself to look after. And then all of a sudden you've got a baby who's waking up every hour, two hours, you know, and that's 24 hours a day for the first, I'd say like four months, really. It's a challenge. And then dealing with, yeah, the aspects of, oh, I want to do something for me. What can that be? I don't have time. Can I go train? Can I do this? Like you just lose a lot of who you are and what you're able to do. So. But again, you have this beautiful baby in front of you and you're like, you're the best. But at the same time, you're like, what about me? If that makes sense. 
Yeah, you often hear a lot of women say that you kind of almost have to kind of take a step back and almost like build yourself again. Like, And honestly, that's still a challenge right now. And as they get older, they go through all these different stages. They may need you more and things like that. So it's like you're constantly having to sort of, as you go, change and adapt to what they need and what you need. And yeah, it's but definitely in the first few months that, that change, that switch over is really, really hard. Yeah. I've been actually watching Working Mums lately. Have you seen that? Yeah. Oh, I love the characters and all the scenes they go through. It is so real, honestly. It is, it's, it's beautiful at the same time. <laughs> it's so good. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I really appreciate it. It's always so nice to chat with people who you kind of like friends media. I've never actually chatted to you before. So where can people find you on social media? Instagram mainly um, at Ms. Holly Edgerton. Next year will be Ms. Holly Phillips most likely, but at the time it's Edgerton. I hope you guys enjoyed my second conversation with Holly. She's absolutely awesome and just was such a fun person to have a chat to. Before we move on to our final conversation with Corrine, I just want to say up top that I actually had some audio troubles on this one um, and it cut our conversation just a little bit short. So just a heads up on that. But Corrine herself is an absolute powerhouse and I, we, we speak about it a little bit in the podcast in terms of when I remember starting to follow her and I think it was around when I did my first bodybuilding competition which was in 2015 and I followed her journey since that point. She's always been so open about her pregnancies and so open about her struggles that when I thought about doing this episode, she was one of the first people who came to mind. And I'm obviously so grateful that she gave me the opportunity to discuss it with her. So I hope you enjoy this last conversation. And like I mentioned before, if you want to go follow any of these women, their Instagram handles are in the show notes and I would absolutely recommend giving them a follow. Welcome Corrine to the podcast. Hello. Thank you. I'm excited to chat with you because I actually started following you probably, I think it was about five years ago now when I was actually doing bodybuilding. I can't remember if we did the same competition. I think we may have. And then obviously life has changed so much for you as well since then. So you want to give yourself a bit of an intro and maybe a bit about your boys as well. Yes. Oh, it's always a little bit myself. It's not something that I do often, but hello everyone. My name's Kareen. I am a mother of two beautiful boys. Jackson, he is three and Tyler, he is seven months. For some reason I had in my head that he was only six months. I think I'm trying not to let him grow up. Um, I am a wife. I have a hubby who I absolutely adore and I run my own online health and fitness coaching business. I just want to chat quickly about what kind of exercise you were doing and then if that changed throughout your pregnancies? Yes. Um, so I was still weight training. I weight trained throughout my whole pregnancies. I was lucky that I um, had great pregnancies. I didn't have any health issues, bubbles or fine. So I was able to continue my training. My training style definitely changed uh, from my first pregnancy to my second, I think it was just a lack, uh, sorry, building knowledge and uh, experience. Um, 
still training with weights, but it was definitely a lot more structured with my second pregnancy. Uh, I was a lot more aware of the things that I had to do to achieve the goals that I wanted to achieve throughout my pregnancy. So that would have just been things like um, have no uh, back pain or aches or pains in my body, which again, I was lucky. Uh, I wanted to reduce my abdominal separation as much as I could throughout my pregnancy and uh, reducing risk of your prolapsing and that sort of thing. And I was aiming for a, a natural vaginal birth, which I was lucky enough to be able to have uh, with both of my children. Um, so I definitely trained with a lot more intent for my pregnancy during my second pregnancy with a lot of the knowledge that I've gained and the experience of my first. Um, didn't My training didn't change too much during the first trimester. I was still able to do a lot of the exercises I was doing previously. Um, I probably just had to decrease my weights because I was quite fatigued during the first trimester, a lot of uh, nausea and a little bit of sickness. So you kind of do have to take a little step back if you're feeling fatigued um, and it can be a little bit hard mentally to wrap your head around. But training through pregnancy is, for me, it was about maintaining strength for as long as I could or that was reasonable and then about preparing my body for birth and labour. So as I progressed in my pregnancy, my training changed in terms of volume, frequency. Uh, a lot of the movements stayed the same, although they were altered. So instead of squatting to full depth, say at the beginning, uh, it was more doing a box, then transitioning to box squats. And then uh, without a barbell, just doing a goblet squat or a body weight squat. So a lot of the movements uh, were able to stay the same. It was just adjusting them as the pregnancy progressed. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's going to carry differently and feel comfortable or not comfortable doing certain things. So it is just about tailoring the movement for yourself. Um, I was still able to do a lot of like single and unilateral um, movements because I didn't have any of that discomfort through my pelvis where, you know, a lot of women aren't able to do those unilateral. So it's best to stick to your squats post to a lunge and that sort of thing. Yeah. I love how you just said before that in closer towards actually giving birth, you kind of flipped the switch and focus more on actually like preparing your body to give birth. Was yes. that a hard transition for you coming from a competitive bodybuilding background? Like, was it hard to kind of let go of like, say, Kareen, the bodybuilder and go into more of that, I guess, like mum mode? Yeah, uh, with Jackson, my first, definitely. I as a big uh, identity shift and having to navigate that was quite difficult. And I was definitely holding on to a lot of Kareen before she was a mother or before she was pregnant for sure. And that reflected in a lot of aspects of my life as well as my training. Um, like naturally, you are kind of going to, slow down your training or decrease your volume and intensity because you just can't move as well and you get exhausted a lot quicker but again experience first child second child or second pregnancy very different I went in with a completely different mindset based on what I'd learnt and yeah so the second pregnancy it was a lot easier to train for pregnancy and birth and uh, postnatal than it was 
holding on to a little bit of how my previous training style, I guess, or mentality as well. After speaking to so many of you guys, it's just crazy to hear like the depth it goes to in terms of how much we fuse our identity with either a sport or how we train and then how much you have to really take a step back and kind of transition out of that when you're going through a pregnancy. Yes, definitely. It is, it's a very hard mentally thing to grasp for sure. Agree. Yeah. Seems like a big one. And I think this episode is really interesting for me as well, because I'll probably look to have, you know, a child in the next few years. And because powerlifting is such a big thing in my life, I know I'm going to have to make so many adjustments to my training and how I feel about it. And it's just going to be so interesting to go through that process myself as well. Yes. Yeah, it is. And it'll be a great learning experience for you. And then you'll be able to use those experiences to help uh, your clients as well. Yeah, for sure. When you had, uh, let's talk about Jackson first. When you had Jackson, how was it transitioning back into training after? And did you focus on anything in particular coming back in or did you kind of just go back to where you started from before? I definitely transitioned into um, my previous training style, although it's just so hard because I I can compare my two pregnancies. And when I think about Jackson and then think about Tyler, I did things very differently. Um, First time mom, again, working through that identity shift, you kind of want to throw yourself back into your training because that's who I was before. Mm-hmm. I was this, this athlete. I looked a certain way. I performed a certain way, probably struggled most with how my body moved and my performance than how I looked, but how I looked still came into play. Um, yeah. So I probably threw myself into my training a bit more clinging onto that identity and who I was. Uh, I still took appropriate steps because I, I did have a slight muscle separation. I had about a two finger or two and a bit centimeter with Jackson, which is quite minimal, um, but it was still there and it still had to be healed. So I made sure I took the appropriate steps to allow my body to heal, but very different to how I've uh, done it with Tyler. I think just having two kids, you have a lot less time. And Again, the knowledge that I had gained from my first pregnancy and just, you know, the studies and the research that I have done as well. And postnatal with Tyler, it was uh, a lot slower. Um, I focused more on being with my newborn, whereas I think with Jackson, I was not that I wasn't present or wasn't giving him my energy or time but in the back of my mind I kind of always had I was fighting a battle with my first whereas with Tyler I accepted things a lot quicker um, and it was a lot easier for me to accept certain things so I put less pressure on myself and things kind of just happened more naturally Um, we also I also had a bit going on in life when we had Tyler too we started the renovations on the house which, which look great yeah they do <laughs> don't they so <laughs> uh, took a lot of time um, and energy away from my training as well so I couldn't focus on on those things as much which isn't necessarily a bad thing 
but I still just focused on, you know, bringing everything together, focusing on my core, building strength back slowly, uh, but also making sure that I was nourishing my body properly to, again, for my goals, which at that time were breastfeeding. um, And just to, I always like to think about the future. So the more I could recover and work on those smaller things in the earlier stages, I knew that when the time came that I was in a position I could 100% commit to myself and my training and my nutrition, I'd be in a better place for it. When you had Jackson, did you feel like there was some sort of pressure to like bounce back, like whether that came from social media and really what the world tells us about after having a baby? Did you feel that sort of pressure? I, I did, but it was from myself. It, was from, it wasn't from any kind of external it was all internal like and I tr- the, I can just remember the feelings like I was trying to by what I was sharing I was trying to convince myself that that wasn't the case that I was you know happy to take it slow and but really a- again in my my mind it was just me trying to convince myself that that I wasn't in a rush um, I you know I'd set a goal to compete just a, a, over a year after having Jack's too which at the time, like it was great because I had pretty bad uh, postnatal depression with Jackson and just having that goal kind of helped me focus on something and gave me a little bit more of myself to work towards. Mm. Um, so that probably put a lot of pressure on me as well, knowing that I had to achieve something by a certain time frame. Yeah, so it was definitely a lot more the internal pressures that I placed on myself and probably holding on to who I was before I was a mother as well. Yeah. I think it's hard too, because obviously when you see people, I think on social media and they talk about, you know, pre-bub and then post-bub and it's always like a side by side of like, you know, I, oh, I've lost X amount in this week. And I, I think it's so interesting like that you say like, you were trying to convince yourself that you were taking it slow. Yeah. With things like that, it's so hard to, I guess, not play the comparison game. It's like similar to looking at some before and afters. And it's crazy that obviously women feel the pressure after giving birth to have almost like that same side-by-side transformation is what people like to call it. Yeah. And I was only just like scrolling through Instagram the other day and, you know, the nine months in and nine months out. And it's, it's usually of these women who are, you know, quite lean and fit and, you know, kudos to them for what they've achieved. That's great. And, you know, we also have to be aware of our own thoughts and feelings. Mm. But sometimes I look at those photos and I go, how helpful is that being? Like, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm, I'm, jealous of that woman I'm not sure like you've got to check yourself but you know does that add to the pressure of of how we think we need to look or feel a certain way after having a child Mm. sounds like you post pregnancy with Tyler you were in like a completely different mindset compared to Jackson do you have any advice having had two bubs now for someone who is going through their first pregnancy? Yeah, just it's everyone kind of says to you, you know, just soak it all up and enjoy it. And that really is 
is the essence of it. It can be, and for me, what that means is not worrying about what anyone else is doing, what anyone else looks like. If you want to talk in terms of um, your physique, it's just about you and your journey with your baby, no matter how quick or how slow or what you're capable of doing at that particular time. And, you know, it, it, it with social media these days, it, again, it is hard not to compare sometimes, but it, even if we're talking about children's development, um, like boys and girls develop completely differently and then each baby is going to have different interests so they're going to dif- uh, develop different skills at different times so you know you might see a baby sitting and think well why the hell is my baby not sitting it's Tyler's seven and a half and he's only just decided he wants to to sit now because he's just he's a little bit lazy <laughs> but he um he just wasn't interested in it you know he he would rather Uh, He's a lot more interested in talking and using his language. So that's just what he's taken interest in. So, yeah, just be in the moment, be in your moment. Just worry about yourself and what you want to achieve with your beautiful little family and just try not to compare what's going on with everyone else in the outside world. Yeah, sounds super important. I reckon nearly everyone has had a similar piece of advice in terms of take the time, you know, really spend the time trying to be present with your newborn and yeah, just kind of focus on what's going on in your own little world. Yeah. And it's a beautiful, uh, I just remember the feeling of, you know, when you have a newborn and you have all these amazing endorphins rushing through your body and it's just pure, like absolute pure bliss. And it's a beautiful space to be in. And it's, more so with Tyler it was nice to just go I really want to enjoy this moment and just be in that bubble for for as long as I could and just bring it back to training just before we kind of start wrapping it up what does your training look like now and I guess how did that compare as well to just having Jackson um, so right now I am studying a building phase, which is very exciting. So post-barb, I just really worked uh, on bringing my separation together with Tyler, my ab separation together, uh, just reconnecting with my core and, you know, basic movements. And now I'm on a much more structured strength and bodybuilding program, which I'm really, really enjoying. I'm just in the space to be able to commit myself and uh, time to that at the moment and what was the other part of your question (laughs) and how does that compare with Jackson yeah with Jackson yeah yeah um uh, I did it a lot quicker with Jackson again because I'd set that goal just over a year past Bub to um compete so my training was definitely a lot more intense and a lot more a lot fuller on sooner Mm. um but I was I had the space to do that how was that competition experience post-birth compared to your other competition? Was it any different? Yeah, it was really, really hard. The thoughts that go or went through my mind, um, a lot like I was really hard on myself. Uh, it was, it's difficult because I was really proud of what I had achieved in terms of my physique. But I also know that what I presented on stage on the day wasn't, where I wanted to be. I wasn't competitive. And because of that, my thought process was quite 
negative and I was really hard on myself and it it, it took a lot, a lot of emotion out of me. Like I didn't want to go back on stage for the evening show. Like I just felt really shit within myself um, probably because I put so much pressure on myself mm-hmm. to, to get there. And, but, you know, it's all a learning experience and I definitely will be competing again. Um, I'm looking at probably ne- end of next year. So I think that should be enough time to get in a position mentally and physically that I'd like to and go in with a different mind frame Mm. for sure yeah it's crazy because from an outside outsider perspective on that you saying you know I competed a year after I gave birth I'm like that is amazing that you could kind of like get back there and obviously you're going I didn't even want to go on for the evening show so Unfortunately, that's where my conversation with Corrine was cut short, which is an absolute shame. We went on to speak about her competitive history, her competitive plans and kind of how pregnancy played into that. But it is something she is open about on her Instagram as well. So if you're wanting to get a good glimpse into that, I would recommend heading there. I hope you guys enjoyed this different style of a podcast episode today. I had so much fun recording and chatting to these women. Like I mentioned, their Instagram high handles are in our bio. If you want to give them a follow, head there. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you can head to Women's Strength Collective 2020. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at Beyonce. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I'll see you guys next time.